Welcome to another episode of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I am Jarrett, and I'm here with the scourge of Iron Forge and games industry public defender, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, this is uh, MASHcast number 144, and it is the end of January. So you know what that means. It's it's time for what you've been playing, because everybody wants to know what we've been playing. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. What, what have you been playing? Um, well, I've mentioned I've been playing Destiny. Um, I just bought The Dark Below today, uh, but I'm still only level 25, so I haven't really had too much time to uh, look into anything with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that so far. Uh, I've been playing Hearthstone and, you know, enjoying that as, as uh, usual, uh, Warcraft as usual. Uh, the one thing that I have been playing, well, I also, I, I did play a little bit of Secret Ponchos. I talked about that before. Um, I tried to check it out yesterday to, to see if I could play a little more. And uh, I, I, I tried to join an eight-man match. Three people showed up, waited about a minute, one person left, and that was just me and one other person in the queue waiting for six other people. So I, I bailed at that point. So unfortunately... It looks like there may be a problem with secret ponchos as far as there being interest in the community, which is really disappointing. Because um, it's what's you know it's one of those games like if you don't have enough people playing it, then there's no game. So that's that's a little sad. Um, the other game that I've been playing is Peggle Two on the PlayStation Four. Uh, I got it. It was five dollars. I think it might have been on sale. Uh, one of the, the the sales right after the holidays. Uh, I figured five dollars. It can't be that bad. I liked Peggle on my phone. It was a great time waster. And I had Bejeweled on the PS3, and every so often I would, you know, you're sitting there, you're, you feel like playing some kind of mindless game like that. You pull that up, you waste an hour. It's fine. Um, so I figured Peggle would fill that same hole, but on the PS4. Um, and as somebody who really liked Peggle on my phone, I'm very disappointed with Peggle 2. Uh, one, there's a lot of – there's a store now, and you can buy some added content, which I shouldn't be surprised about. Um, but – it, you know, it, it, it fundamentally it doesn't detract from the experience, but just seeing the store there kind of detracts from the experience. The other problem that I have is that, like, you know, on my phone, you know, it's it's. I mean, okay, yeah, phones are amazing things; they can do a lot of stuff. But you know, compared to a like a PlayStation, you know, the graphics are a little simpler, and and it's you know, it's in, you know, it, 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 for a game as simple as Peggle, it fit perfectly on the phone. And now on, on my, my nice HDTV, they've got way too much real estate that they feel compelled to fill. So it's got this ornate frame for the, the game itself. The characters move and they talk a little bit. It's annoying. I just want to shoot pegs at, or shoot a ball at pegs. It's all I want to do. And I feel like they kind of like went above and beyond in trying to make this like a real next-gen experience for a game that didn't need that. Um, so the only thing I will say that was interesting – uh, is that on my phone, the size of the ball and the size of the pegs were about the same. On the PlayStation, I guess maybe because they have a finer resolution, the ball is much smaller than the pegs. And so that does make you know some of the shots a little more interesting. But overall, I mean, I don't know. It was worth was – I don't even know if it was worth $5. I felt, I, I felt ripped off of paying that much. Um, and so, so maybe, maybe – I don't know. Maybe I just had two – much respect for the original Peggle, but I would, I don't know. I mean, if you like Peggle, yeah, you'll probably like this, but I, I felt like they tried to do too much and, and really they just, they just needed to keep it simple and they didn't do that. Wow. Uh, so they ruined it by uh, trying, trying to do too much. 
Yeah, they they ruined Peggle for me. Which is kind of difficult, man. Like Peggle is such a simple game. I guess that's why it was so awesome. But it has to try to cash in a bit on its popularity. That's yeah. That's my point. You would think like it's it's like I mean even then like I've seen kind of how like they've developed Bejeweled and and you know like that like yeah they they add some flashing bells and whistles and stuff. But I never I, I, I never felt like the essence of the game was in jeopardy. But here I kind of feel like the essence of the game is in jeopardy. Right. Yeah. Uh, it almost feels like it's bound to happen at this point, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so that that's it for me. What have you been playing? Me? Uh, let's see. Cause we didn't talk. Yeah, last month we didn't talk about like you know stuff we got from the Steam sales. Right. Like we didn't. Yeah. Really Steam bring up sales. Stuff, right. Yeah. So we had like the when we were when we were off, there was Steam sales going on. So I got quite a bit. I bought quite a bit of stuff, but then I played quite a bit of stuff. Uh, not nearly as much as I bought. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Obviously, I've been playing Destiny. Um, we have, yeah, I, I'm trying to think, should I talk about this now, or should I talk about some of the Destiny podcasts we're going to do? Because we're doing the Destiny podcast in a few weeks. Nice. Um, but, uh. Tease us, tease us a little bit. <laughs> okay, fine. So Destiny, I finally, I got two characters up to 31, one character, I have all the gear that I need to get the 32. Now I just need shards. So that's what I'm working on. Uh, the other ones, I'm still gearing up. I basically am just, I just want the three characters so I can max out on Crucible marks every week and get stuff that I need. So I can have different options when going into the Crucible. That's, I play Destiny to play the Crucible. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been doing a lot of that. Um, even though my Destiny playtime is going to be cut down because I'm going to start going back to the gym in February. So there's that. Uh, I can't go to the gym in January, Nick. Too many people. Yeah. Too many people just ruins it for you. But anyway, so Destiny, obviously, been playing that. I have not tried to do the hard mode Crota Raid yet, um, but my, the guys in my clan have. I don't think they got through it yet. Uh, so... You know, hopefully, uh, I'll get a chance soon when I get when I hit thirty-two because everything I think is level thirty-three in that raid. Once hmm. you once you, when you put it on hard mode. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I bought Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition. Started playing that, uh, and I, I fell in love with that game again. Um, let's see what else. Oh, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. Um, Advanced Warfare was a good game. That was a that was a good game. I, I did I did, I'm, I didn't talk about that on the podcast, Nick. I don't think so. Yeah, I feel like I talked. I, talk, I think I talked to so many people about it. I was surprised at how good that game was, and how I want to say I'm not gonna say it was like really, really, really different than a Call of Duty, but it it, it it's it has stealth portions. What Call of Duty game has stealth portions? You know, and at first person stealth person, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, it's not as stealthy as, let's say, um, oh man, uh, D- Dishonored. There we go. I was gonna say Disgraced, but Dishonored. Yes. It's not as stealthy as Dishonored, but man, I, I had a good time playing it. It didn't just feel like you were in a meat grinder, just shooting, shooting, and shooting. I played a little bit of the multiplayer, uh, but I want to play more, but I've been playing so much Destiny, I haven't had a chance. I really like the movements to improve the um, improvements to movement that they've made. 
it does make a difference and it's pretty good. So Dest um Call of Duty went Advanced Warfare gets uh thumbs up in my book. Um I actually re I started playing Bastion again. And I started playing that because I was away on a business trip and all I had was my laptop and there's only so much stuff I could play on my laptop. And I didn't want to play the swapper because I didn't know like how long the segments would be if I could just drop in and out. So instead I played um uh Bastion because I knew each section in Bastion isn't that long. And I can kinda go in and then just save and leave. You know, each section they don't take they take no longer than what, ten minutes? I think. You ever played Bastion, Nick? No, I've not. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good one. You should get if you can get your hands on it, do so. But uh yeah, each segment is not is not long. Um one thing about Destiny though, and that this this is something new that happened this weekend. I finally tried out remote play, and it's pretty awesome. Like it's super smooth. Like I, I was expecting maybe some lag, frame loss, something like that. No, as long as you have a good uh, a good wireless network, a good wireless router, I think I don't think you're gonna have problems because I didn't have any problems at all, and I was all over the place, you know, with this thing. But basically, I used it so I could watch some TV or catch up on my shows while I was like doing my mundane tasks in destiny like doing my uh, bounties and stuff like that well, you you could play games and do other stuff at the same time yeah i can't i'm talented like that nick wow yeah <laughs> nick's hinting to something of that we're gonna talk about later of course <laughs> he always does this shit i'm like nick, just let they, it go like, nick just they let... don't know they don't know what you're talking about <laughs> they will by the end they will by the end it all comes back maybe you know Sometimes people just ignore your references, <laughs> your your obscure references. Well, they're they're missing out. <laughs> uh, you know they are. You know I actually I have audio of you formulating a bad joke, <laughs> <laughs> and I just need time to go back and like cut it out. And I was gonna put it up, like Nick formulating a bad joke. <laughs> yes, I remember that. I remember that. I think I even said like this is me formulating a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it doesn't just come to him, folks. It's hard work that goes into his next. It is. It is. I stay up late trying to think of these terrible things to say. <laughs> He's like, "No, that's not the word I should use." Hmm. Uh, yeah, I yeah. You think it, it, it was just something that rolls off, but it's not. I have to I have to workshop my material. Yes, uh, Nick Zonkevich, talented man. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm playing anything else. Uh, uh, Infamous First Light. I started playing that actually today. Um, which is, I, I thought, I, I like it. I like it. It's, it feels like, I don't know, it feels like more than just a DLC. Well, first of all, it's standalone. But second of all, it adds some stuff, like, you know, they made some changes to the map. It feels like the devs just put some additional stuff in it that maybe didn't make the cut with the regular game. Like, the map has improved. Uh, there's this radar system that the chick has. Uh, fetch. I check fetch. Um, Voice acting still good. They they have uh good cutscenes. Like it, it, at first I thought they were gonna skimp out because the very beginning part is all text. Like it has, it has a little background text. Um, and I was like, they were gonna skimp out on like you know the, usually the comic style stuff that they do, but they didn't. They didn't do that. It, it's and I think the the DLC is only fifteen bucks if you don't get it on uh, as a PS Plus bonus, but already from what I've played, which is 20% of it, it's it's it has more value than $20 that I spent on the Dark Below. Huh. 
Yeah, it's it's really cool. I keep telling I keep telling people like get it, like please get it, you know. And actually now, if you uh, if you did not play Infamous One and Two, you can just pay twenty bucks and you can have Infamous One and Two on PlayStation now. Oh yeah, play through it, you know, for super cheap. And uh, I doubt like Infamous for uh, Second Son. I actually I do recommend that game. I thought it was a, it's one of the better PS4 games. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I did start playing that. That that game is pretty cool. Uh, you do know some of her powers because you know uh, Des uh, De- uh, Delson gets them, in in Second Son. But she, I guess maybe since she only has the one power. Uh, she is able to. She, it's more focused. Like you're able to do even more with it, which is is pretty cool. Uh, hmm. Trying to think if there's if there's anything else. No, nah, I, th- I think that's it. Thanks all. I've really been playing. So uh, from there, we can move on to our news bites. Yes. Yeah. So a uh, bit of bad news for Microsoft uh, regarding the Xbox One in Japan. More than a bit of bad news, but last week, Xbox One only had 300 sales in Japan. That's 300. Not 300,000, just 300. Like, if you could give one Xbox One to each of the uh, each of the Spartans. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Like, that's it's 300, 300 sales in Japan. I mean. The, the Microsoft consoles have always had a tough time in Japan. Uh, I mean, shit. I mean, the Xbox One has, is having a tough enough time over here, and over there, you're talking about you're in the, the land of Sony and Nintendo. You know, I think I'm yeah. pretty sure. I, I, I've read reports, and I don't know how accurate they are now. That said, that you know, there are more people playing handhelds in Japan than there actually are people playing consoles. So that I mean, would. That could well be. Um, just looking at the, uh, I guess the top ten weekly sales uh, for consoles over there, the the 3DS XL and the PlayStation Vita were both number one and number two. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Look, look, I'm looking at the games list: 3DS, 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 uh, then Wii U <laughs> wow. in terms of the software charts. Wow, it's like Nintendo is king and Microsoft is nothing over there. Yeah, like, yeah, Microsoft's not even on that software list, but then again, if you don't have any hardware out there, you're not going to sell the software either. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, Nintendo's kicking some serious ass in the software. I didn't look at that list before. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, the, only number nine is for the PlayStation Vita, and everything else is either for the Wii U and the 3DS, with the bulk of it being for the 3DS. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Microsoft just, the Xbox One just does not fit in that marketplace. Actually, the uh, was it the PlayStation Three still sold seven thousand units last week. Uh, as opposed, <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're PlayStation Vita TV sold twice as much as the Xbox One. Jeez, yeah, that's yeah. rough, man. There is no interest in Japan for the Xbox. No, so I don't know. Maybe Microsoft it, they might just want to bow out of that market. I, I wonder how much if they're losing money over there. Just getting the units to over there, you know. The way they're getting their ass kicked, you don't bow out of that market. You you stab yourself in the gut with a sword. <sighs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they will once they get their Chinese 
market stabilized, you know, because they they will be released in China, and everybody wants to get in there. That's yeah. that's a huge market. Uh, but obviously, I mean, if you're only selling 300 Xbox Ones, like, come on now, like, I don't, I don't even know if it's worth for them to be over there. And I know, and they said too that this is a slow time of the year, right? You know, the the early months of the year for them. But they still, I mean, by by, by comparison, the uh, the new 3DS XL was 25,000 units. So, and that, I mean, admittedly, that's like a brand spanking new over there. But people are buying stuff. It's not like they're not. There's just no interest. You're right. Yeah, there there is no interest, and uh, unfortunately. I don't know. Maybe maybe Microsoft will come out with something. They have, you know, what the thing is, I think it's because. Well, I mean, it's not that I think it's because, but Sony and Nintendo definitely have games and marketing targeted specifically to that Japanese audience. You know what I'm saying? They have games that come out over there that don't make it over here. Yes. Products that come out over there that don't make it over here, and the Xbox One. I mean. I've seen some of the Japanese marketing, and it's kind of just like the English marketing would translate it. Have they ever seen like Japanese commercials are crazy? You can't market the same way, and even yeah. then, their commercials over here suck. That is true. Their commercials over here do suck. We 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 just kind of know Microsoft's reputation, so you know some of the. I mean, what is it? Look at the old Surface commercials with all the breakdancing and stuff. Like we just kind of disregard that because we're like, okay, it's a Microsoft commercial, whatever. We'll we'll evaluate the product separately. But yeah, there's. If they if they don't have that reputation to fall back on, and all they have is their commercials, and it, unless they actually have a good Japanese marketing team, which why would we think that they would? Yeah, there's a there's a chance that they may. Not only are they going into a fight with like one hand tied behind their back, but they're also going in blindfolded and with no legs. Yeah, um, yeah. They, well, Microsoft, they I don't know, like wherever they have handled, and they're, obviously they're they're you know Microsoft over here, or Microsoft of America or Xbox of America, if you want to call it, that is not handling the marketing over there. They have a specific team dedicated to that over in Japan, but they're just not doing that great. And it could be because Microsoft doesn't really have, or the Xbox One, I should say, doesn't have any products that really appease to the Japanese audience. Yeah. Where's their spiky-haired RPG? <laughs> Where is it? They don't have one. You know? Halo, I'm pretty sure it's not, it's not that big of a sell- seller over there. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Japan is the land of the RPG. Like, shooters yeah. just don't really do that. I shouldn't say they don't do that well over there, but they're not. Shooters over there are what RPGs are over here. Weren't they making a big deal about getting Final Fantasy on the Xbox? Yeah, but you can also get that on the PlayStation. Well, then, yeah, that's... They need to give Japanese gamers a reason to buy uh, PlayStation. You know, but the thing oh, is, PlayStation, sorry, a reason to buy Xboxes. They're with, giving them a reason to buy Playstations. But the thing is, though, like they've always they've always underperformed in that market, and I wonder. I mean, at, at this level under underperformance, I almost wonder if literally they've just given up. They're like, we'll put it out there, we'll put it in stores, but whatever sells sells, and we're. But it's not like they get to put it in stores for free. That's true. That's true. You know, it costs money to make those extra to make that product, ship it over. Have, they have to have Xbox Live servers up and running over there. It's 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 it could just be a money sink for them. Yeah, that's true. It may not be worth it. You know, it, it, unfortunately, the Xbox One may be too Western for Japanese gamers. So yeah. we'll see what happens in the future. 
Remember, it only takes it, it just takes the right person to get to turn that right upside down. I mean, it's like Sony, like Sony was heading in the wrong direction before Kaz took over. You know, SOE or PlayStation division specifically, I should say. Yeah. So it just takes one right person, and then the person on top not telling them no. So that also takes that. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's see. Moving on to the next piece of news, which shouldn't be news to anybody, is the <laughs> Elder Scrolls Online is going free to play. Uh, it's also going to be on PS4 and Xbox One on June 9th. Yes. But uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. I just want to say it's not going. Well, what is it? They're removing the subscription. The, it's still going to cost you $60 to buy the box and get into the game. But at that point, there won't be an ongoing subscription required. You can just buy, pay the $60, and then you have the game going forward. Um, but as usual for all these free-to-play experiences, then there will be a uh, like a, an account that you can basically pay your subscription to that will give you some benefits, uh, like some currency and, and uh, what exclusive in-game bonuses, like access to all the DLC packs uh, and stuff of that nature. So. Um, this is pretty standard fare for what we've seen from our MMOs recently. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, so I guess it's going on the Guild Wars type model. Yes. So I wonder how it's going to work though, because Guild Wars was like built for that, you know. Well, there's speculation that this was the plan all along, and I'd, I'd kind of have to think at this point. This would have to be that, yeah, you come out, you, you put in the, the uh, subscription at the beginning, see how much money you can milk out of that, and then knowing full well that you'll do it for about a year or so or just under a year. And then once once that your subscriber base has dipped to a certain point, then you go ahead and actually reveal the model that you planned all along, which is the, the, the model that they've introduced. So I know everybody likes to point back to the Star, uh, Star – I can't think of the name of the Star Wars game, the, the Old Republic. Yeah. It's, yeah, um, when that went free to play, uh, Sony was like, "Oh yeah, that just doubled our revenues." <laughs> uh, so I'm sure that they're they're expecting an influx of players. I'm sure they'll get an influx of players. Um, you know, stuff like this is always an incentive for people to jump in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's 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 one of those things. I think for any MMO launch, this is kind of the cycle that we can expect, whether it's intended or not at the beginning. Although at this point, if you honestly believe that your MMO can su- survive with a subscription and you're not Blizzard or uh, or uh, the people that make EVE Online, I, uh, I can't think of why I can't think of their name. Um, TCP. TCP, yes. But if you're not one of those two companies and you believe that you can put out an MMO with a subscription and you will be able to have that subscription last more than a year – um, you probably could also think you can sell Xboxes in Japan, so <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, everybody's chasing that that you know that that legendary dragon that Blizzard made. Yeah, everybody wants one. Like you know, it's funny it's how the games industry works because you know when Call of Duty was big. Everybody's like, "Oh, we got it. We need it. We need a Call of Duty. We need something that's like Call of Duty." And then that's you see a bunch of Call of Duty clones. You see people taking games that shouldn't be yearly and making them yearly. Assassin's Creed, you know. And then the same thing with WoW. Like they see how much money WoW was pulling in, and how many subscribers it has, and they're like, "We need an MMO. We want to make an MMO." But WoW's an anomaly. Yeah. 
WoW is totally an anomaly. And Blizzard can't even chase that success. Yeah. <laughs> because when they thought about making another MMO, they got to the point where they're like, no, we're going to do, we're not even going to try. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, it, it, no, it, it's it's freakish. And unfortunately, I think it's it's big enough that maybe if, I mean, if, if Blizzard just arbitrarily decided we're just going to close Warcraft tomorrow, maybe there might be enough money floating around, enough people saying I'm willing to pay $15 a month for a game um, that they'd be able to support another MMO like that, or maybe there would be an actual ecosystem that could thrive of subscri- subscription-based games. But I feel like as long as WoW is there, anybody that's willing to pay $15 a month is probably going to wind up there at some point. And anybody who's not, there's plenty of options for you to go. Um, you know, I mean, just look at all the MMOs that have come out over the last few years that have all gone free-to-play. So, <laughs> you know, at that point, that's what you're competing with that more than, let's say, you're competing with WoW. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, well, I'm pretty sure once the Elder Scroll goes free to play, or you know, goes on to this to this model, we'll see some boosts. But maybe we won't, you know, because actually, I don't even think it's the fifteen dollars a month that keeps people from playing these games. It's the fact that you got paid money to to get them in the first place. You know, like how many people got in on WoW through a free trial? Because if you do the free if you do the free trial, you don't have to pay for the game. Well, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think if I actually got in on a free trial or not. I think I may have tried for like seven days free and then kept going. Just pick up a subscription. Yeah, and then I pick up and then pick up a subscription and go. Yeah. But and yeah. once you were once you were already in the WoW ecosystem, then okay, you're gonna buy the expansions. Maybe that's what Blizzard was was banking on. Yeah. Well, at, at this point, you're basically. I mean, they they've got it to the point where you buy the base game, which has everything except for the latest expansion. So there's not they're not looking at a lot of revenue as far as paying for the additional games They're, I mean, if you're, if you're subscribing over the long term, yeah, you'll buy each game as it comes out. Uh, but if you're just jumping into it now, you really only have to pay for the base game and then the current expansion. And at this point you get right into the current content even. So yeah, it's, it's all they're They're all, they're, they're, they're focused on trying to get people to, to, you know, get to the end game as quick as possible. Gotcha. Okay, well, we'll see in the next few months whether that was this was a good decision or not. So, uh, next is Borderlands. This is going to be a short one, because uh, Borderlands, the handsome collection, which brings... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel. Yeah. It, it, it brings to uh, the PS4 and Xbox One. And I think it's just funny how they keep repackaging these games over and over again. Because with Borderlands 2, we had Borderlands 2. Then you had, like, Borderlands 2 Game of the Year Edition. You know? Then you have Borderlands the pre-sequel, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be Borderlands the pre-sequel Game of the Year Edition once all the DLC is out. And now they're repackaging this to give you everything on the PS4 and Xbox One. They just keep making money off of the same games over and over again. But if it makes them, if it's helping them to make new games, more power to them. And if you have money to burn, you could buy a, uh, <laughs> spend four hundred dollars, and buy the uh, clap track, tra- clap trap in a box edition, which comes with an RC clap trap. Yes. So I was thinking about it. I'm in on that. I'll play poker against it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking about it, but I decided against it because I, I do buy useless crap like that. 
or I can see if they, uh, you know, if they have any in a Best Buy. I just, I just wait for them to go on clearance. Yes, <laughs> I've gotten so many like statues like that. I, I, I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> you, you can buy the claptrap, and it can keep your statues organized. Ah, uh, thanks, Nick. <laughs> Next is uh, oh yeah, so that EA access we talked about a couple months ago. Well, thanks to I guess Sony uh, denying it coming on the PS4. Xbox One users will have first crack at Battlefield Hardline. They will be able to play it up to four days early, it looks like. I believe for you, you have a four-day head start on the game. So it's finally some good news for Xbox users. They're getting something that everybody else isn't. Even though, I mean, based off of the last beta, I don't know how good this game is actually going to be. My expectations are low, to be honest with you. I, my understanding is they've made a lot of changes since that beta. Yeah, so I want to play the new beta and see what it's like now, because before it was a straight-up circus. Yeah. Uh, it, it was terrible. So, I don't know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, so if you actually bought into EA Access, which I don't know a single person who has yet, if you did, you will be able to play Battlefield Hardline early. So, congratulations. Wow. So, what's interesting, though, is that oh, you get access four days early, but you're only limited to six hours of gameplay over those four days. Are you serious? Where, I did not see that. Yeah. And so... Wait, where do you... Pass me that link. It's, the, it's, it's, it's in, the, in the Polygon article. It's the second paragraph. I'm looking at... Oh, wow. I did not see that. <laughs> so maybe that's why you don't know anybody who is paying for EA Access because that really, like, is – I don't know. I, I can't remember how much EA Access cost, but to only get oh, – I'm sorry. It's uh, $30, $5 a month. Um, this is the first instance of uh, – well, no, this isn't the first instance of, of a game being available on EA Access, but, uh, yeah, that – that seems like give me if you're gonna give me four day four days early access like give me my full four days let me exactly. let me take off work and play like for forty eight hours straight. four days I play Destiny for six hours in a night yeah you know what I'm saying like that that is nothing I did not see that before That's... if you bought EA access you are a fool <laughs> you are a fool I don't see a single good reason to buy that shit this is on this is to, and this, for EA to even think this is okay, this is a good deal, it's a fucking slap in the face. It I really can't. is. Oh my god, this is terrible. Yeah, that's. Like, <laughs> I, if, I if you're gonna limit, if you're gonna limit it to six hours, just give them like the access like a day ahead of time. Then. Yeah, exactly. Like six hours over the court over a four day span. Like, what are they afraid of? It's like. You can only play 90 minutes a day. <laughs> wow. Gotta pace myself. Wow. EA, you suck, man. Like <laughs> that's that that sucks. Whoever's in charge of that program, you suck, dude. Or lady, whoever you are. Wow. Hey, let's move on to the last topic. Um, which is actually a bit a bit of bad news. So there's a Filipino village that banned Dota. After uh, multiple people were murdered. I guess things got flared up. Tempers got flared. And there were a few murders that were attributed to uh, uh, 
youth over there playing Dota. It became such a problem, apparently, to the city, or not to the city, but to the, uh, well, it is a city, but to the village, that they, uh, they banned it. Period. Actually, my, I think my favorite part, I, I, let me read the English version of this. My favorite part of this, uh, I don't even know, what, the, what is this, ordinance, I guess you would call it? Okay. <laughs> uh, is that, uh, it says, uh, because, since it is a bad influence for the youth, the game slash uh, the game slash gambling game Dota makes them violent and teaches them how to lie, cheat, steal, and not farm from killing someone or die. So as long as they can play, I, I thought that was funny. Well, to be fair, that is that is translated. So yes, um, but still, like it, it's still not farm. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> they learn how to lie, cheat, and steal, and they are not learning how to farm. Yeah, that uh, that's well. I guess you can't really lie and cheat and steal as a farmer. Um, you absolutely can. Well, how? It's like how, you, you're gonna lie to the plants that I, I gave them water so that they'll grow. Uh, Nick, I'm pretty sure farmers can lie, cheat, and steal. I'm not saying they can't, but I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna be an effective farmer, you can't. We're not gonna debate the <laughs> the ethics of farmers we'll right now. The, we'll save that for the farm cast. Yeah, like we're not we're really not gonna do that right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's it for the news bites. So too bad for the kids in that village who uh can no longer play Dota. Too bad for the kids in that village who have to worry about getting stabbed because they play Dota. That is true. Well guys, it's just a game. I seriously doubt well, they might have been playing for some money. Uh they didn't detail that. But I, I doubt they're playing with some, for some any, any serious cash. But if people are getting killed over it, it's it's, being, it's too serious. That's yeah. that, that's the threshold. Uh, let's get into our regular topics. So we we talked about H one Z one last week. Uh, for a little bit there was a there was a, uh, they had a, a really botched launch, but apparently uh, some other problems are occurring uh, because some broken of uh, do the broken promises. It looks like. So I guess the developer is because the H1Z one's free to play, right, Nick? Yes, it is, yes. Well, um, unless you paid for the early access. <laughs> yes, unless you paid for the early access. So, but it, um, free to play. it was free to play, but it wasn't supposed to be play to win. But apparently, uh, Sony changed their mind and then enabled these drops, where uh, players can pay and it'll drop like weapons and certain things to them. Yes, and that really really uh, made the community upset. Well, people had been asking Sony all throughout the development process, like, you know, there's not going to be any pay to win here. You know, you won't be able to buy weapons. Everything you buy will just be cosmetic. And as recently as three days before launch, uh, the developers would, you know, whenever they were asked about this or doing talks, they would say there won't be any, there won't be any free to play or there won't be any weapons that you can pay for you know everything that you pay real money for will just be cosmetic and then after the early access went live uh, there became available the paid airdrop uh, where you can buy, you know, purchase an airdrop that'll come in it'll drop a, a bunch of crates and in the crates there might be some weapons and armor uh, which directly violates what they had said previously um, what's really interesting about this is that they're 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 trying to say that it's not explicitly pay to win because you're only paying for the opportunity of the airdrop what happens is the, the crates get dropped 
in the game, and then whoever can get there first and claim the, the items gets the items. So you can very well order this airdrop, pay for it with your hard-earned money, and then only to get there and find somebody else already took the weapons and is now killing you with them. Or to <laughs> to be opening your airdrop and getting killed while you do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to be some of that going around. So it's almost yeah. like, not, in my opinion, it wouldn't be worth it. But, but you know, for some, I guess if you're really into it, that that's what it is, you know? It's, it's an interesting idea, and I I think the, the problem fundamentally here, and even uh, Sony has is, is re- recanted on this a little bit, um, is that they they blatantly change their mind. Um, that that not, not, and it's not clear what exactly happened over those three days to make them decide that they didn't that they were okay with these paid weapons drops but they blatantly changed their mind and they are offering a refund uh, for anyone who paid to get into the early access and is unhappy with the uh, with the weapons drops being implemented uh, you can get your money back so um, that said uh, the the re- the request rate for the refunds uh, is a half of a percent so it's, right. So either people are enjoying the game enough that they don't care, or they're openly purchasing the the the, the, the airdrops themselves. Um, so I mean, there are some people who I guess were upset about that, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not that many. Well, you know how gamers are. Like a lot of them, like for every person that complained about it and you know bitched about it and said, "Oh, I'm not going to play it if it does this." They're, they're, a very small percentage of those people will actually take action. You know, think about how many people complain about Call of Duty on a yearly basis. But then those same people will go and buy it. I mean, I know people who buy Call of Duty every year and then be like, ah, Call of Duty's not even that good. I only play it because my friends play it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. As many gamers will complain, most of, them, most of the time they won't create a big enough stink to stop playing it, you know? Well, you know, that being said, I mean, per- I would think that the way that their launch was handled, if I was given any opportunity to get in my refund, even if they kicked me out of early access, knowing full well that it'll be a free-to-play game down the line and I can come back at that point, um, I'd probably take this. I, not, not that I had actually bought into the early access anyway, but I'd be like, hey, if you want to give me back my money and I don't, I don't get to play your develop- game in development for now, um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's fair. I got to try it out. But then again, I guess if people tried it out and they like it enough – which that seems to be the case, I guess. Once it, it seems that people are enjoying it now that the uh, the launch problems have settled down a little bit. Right. Yeah. And another thing about this article, I guess the main point about the article, period, before he put the updates in, is he was saying that you know if if you bought into the early access, you're part of the problem. Which I've been seeing. I saw a few articles over the past few weeks pop up about you know pre-ordering games and doing early access, uh, buying an early access, you know, causing part of the problem in the games industry. Have you seen these articles? Yeah, yeah. But I'd say pre-ordering and early access are two different beasts. Um, Because pre-ordering, you're, you know, you're giving the developer money hands down and and, and you're saying, I trust you and I trust your work in the past and I fully expect you to give me something that is worth the money I'm committing over to you now. and oftentimes what we're finding lately is that, that 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 has not been the case and developers have not been holding up their end of the bargain. Um, but with early access, though, that's more like 
to, to agree these fans are part of the problem, but these fans are the cause of it is that developers are finding like there are people who are like, I will pay, you know, anytime we see like a beta get announced, people are like, I would pay him any amount of money to get into that beta. And, you know, the beta access only goes out to, you know, whatever network of, of associates that the company is willing to pass them out to. Um, and so what, what what's happening is, is companies are sort of acknowledging like we do have these fanatical fans, these excited fans who are willing to give us money to get into our game early they'll see it they understand it's in an early development state and therefore mostly broken and not presentable but they're okay with that because they get access and then we can use them to get feedback and if, if everybody looks at that system as is is above board then that's fine because these these people are going in and acknowledging that Yes, this is early access, and I'm giving you my money in that regard. Because the company doesn't have to make early access available; they can keep it closed and do their internal development. But if people, if people want to give you money, why wouldn't you take it? And so, technically, yes, the, the, that is the problem. You shouldn't be doing that. But if you're really that excited about a product, then it's not the company's fault that you're giving them their mo- your money. Right. Well, no, it just feels like um, early access is the new pre-ordering. Especially yes. when, like, uh, in, in aspects where early access, if you buy an early access, you will get the whole game for free. Like, basically, the early access price is the price of said game. You know, where you can you can get some numbers and see, uh, it, it, you're able to get people to buy in, and now you're able to get numbers on how many people are actually going to buy your game, or you can do a projection, or you know, something like that. Um. But yeah, I mean, pre-ordering in terms of actually, no, I was gonna say in terms of PC, I think is is like a thing that's gonna be a thing of the past soon. Uh, but even in consoles, because of how you know both Microsoft and Sony are pushing for digital distribution over brick and mortar distribution, and I could see it being you know more of a problem because once if the game developer is making a whole bunch of money on the game before the game even comes out, you know. Things like what we saw with the launch of H1Z1 is going to happen. Uh, things with Assassin's Creed, Halo Master Chief Collection, all that stuff is going to keep happening over and over again because they're going to have their money and they're only going to try so hard to fix things. Yeah. But, so. well, but, no, and I, I think that's part of the problem here, though, is that, like, like you said, like, you know, if you, if you pay early access and basically you pay for the price of the game. And so... You know, you're kind of basically like buying the game early and you're actually getting access at that point. You're still going to get the final game whenever that's launched. That's fine. Part of the problem here, though, is that this is a free-to-play game. So, like, how do you, you – you can't, like, pay free to get early access. Like, they had to give that a value beyond what the, the cost of the game is going to be once it's actually released. Right, yeah. I, I guess, I mean, I think with, free, with early access done right, it's a great thing. Like, if you want to yeah. get in early to a game and play it and even help – with feedback and stuff like that, it's a good thing, but it's uh, easily a system that could be abused. Yes. You know? Like, just imagine if Assassin's Creed didn't have, or Assassin's Creed Unity didn't have the pre-orders it had. Just imagine, like, you know, there would have been more pressure to get the bugs out before the, the actual release. Would there? I feel like it would. there would have been more pressure on the marketing team. Like, you're not pushing this game hard enough. I think there would have been more. I think it would have been more pressure on the team to get, get the bugs out because now, like you know, well, first of all, like when the game gets uh, so many pre-orders, they already know that they have so much money in the bank. Yes. You know, for that game, you know, 
they whatever whatever comes after that is going to be extra. So they have let's say, uh, I'm trying to think of some good numbers here. Like, you know, five hundred thousand pre-orders or something like that. You know, but, but see, I have to think though that if you don't if you don't care enough, regardless of number of pre-orders, if you don't care enough about your game to hold it back until it's in a playable state, if you're if you're willing to release it. In, in in the you know in in the buggy version that, that you are like Assassin's Creed, I can't imagine that there's any number of pre-orders which would convince you to actually care about that because it's I mean admittedly yes you're right that that is money in the bank for that game but it's gonna hurt you the next time you're gonna you're gonna hear all this you're gonna have to deal with the fact that you put out a buggy game there's gonna be press against you there's gonna be you know people complaining and 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 people who aren't gonna buy the game the next time around and it's a very short-sighted strategy um but logically yes but the thing is like now instead of like with assassin's creed there hasn't been consecutive buggy releases so you know somebody like okay well that was last time maybe i'll give it a try again this time i'll give it a chance like you know if battlefield like for example battlefield 3 had bugs right yes a ton of people still bought battlefield 4 and that release was even worse than battlefield 3 so Go ahead. I was gonna say, how long do you have to wait after a buggy release before you can buy the next game? Right, exactly. I mean, like for Assassin's Creed, like two weeks or so after the game was released, at least on the PS4, the bugs appeared to be out. Not all of them, of course, but the biggest ones, the ones people were making videos of. Yeah. The Xbox release—that's a different story. Like that what was that De- December, like December, like end of December when they finally released that huge patch. Yeah. So that's a different story. So, so, so why doesn't Ubisoft just say that everybody who bought Assassin's Creed at launch was part of their early access program? Yeah, it doesn't work like that after the fact. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work like that after the fact. But yeah, like I mean, having a bunch of pre-orders means okay. Well, we we def- we just got to make sure this game gets out on time. We got to make sure the game gets out on time. Whereas when you don't have pre-orders and you know you need the reviews to be to to look good, when you need the uh, word of mouth to be good. I think that that it matters a bit more that the game was not buggy when it was released. It should matter every time. <laughs> it should matter every time, but I, it just doesn't as much, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's look at our next topic here. Um, so there was a uh, a major CS:GO scandal recently. Uh, match fixing. So that's how you know you made it. When there's when there's match fixing in your uh, in your games, you know, in your professional competition. Okay, so there was a game or uh, a match between a pro match between I Buy Power and Netcode Guides, and according to the community, you know, uh, Netcode Guides should have not have been on the level of I Buy Power, but yet I Buy Power got destroyed by these guys. And it looks like it was like 16. Like they beat them 16 to 4, which is pretty, that's pretty bad, especially for, for, for like a pro team. Um, I mean, now, the thing about pro games is anything can happen. You know, like, for example, nobody expected the Dallas Cowboys to trounce the fucking Colts, you know, this year. Yeah. And, you know, so things like that do happen. But, you know, there's a lot of fishy stuff happening. I guess this is the difference between you know, 
pro sports teams and pro esports teams. The pro sports teams know how to throw a game, and you can't tell. <laughs> I'd say they know how to cheat, but they still get caught doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that you know, people were saying that you know, the eye by power strategies were strange, uh, atypical. Um, they were going for knife kills when they really shouldn't have. It just didn't seem like they were trying uh as much as they should have. And I think one of the problems is that with 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 pro sports, right? It is a you have a very limited amount of people who have played at, at the pro sports level. Yes. You know, who can say okay, with certainty, okay, that he shouldn't have done this, he should have did this. Yeah. You know? Of course everybody is like, you know, an armchair quarterback. Oh, he should have threw it to you know, this guy, I should do yeah. it to that guy, but you know, you're not on the field. You can't see, but when it comes to esports, uh, a lot of players know what you're supposed to be doing. They know what it looks like to cheat. Like, you know, I, I watched that, that video. We actually talked about another cheat, uh, kind of like cheating scandal a few weeks ago where, you know, I watched the video of this guy and I could clearly see that this guy was tracking the other player through a wall. Yes. Because I know what that looks like. I know that, you know, almost at any level, playing that specific area, you don't look in that direction unless you know somebody is there 100% because you leave yourself open. So, you know, with gamers, like, you know, you have a more intimate knowledge of what is supposed to be going on and what isn't. And so it's easier for gamers to tell, like, this is weird, this is fishy. You know, and and bring up questions. Uh, so they, I guess there were rumors that this this match was fixed, but then another player, pretty much, uh, he was talking to it. He was talking to a, another player about it, and uh, that player put him on put him on Front Street and uh, put the text messages on Imager, I M G U R, Imager, whatever you want to say it. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 pretty much been confirmed that you know this max fit this match fixing took place and this is just another thing that makes esports look bad um where it went but then again maybe it legitimizes it as actual sport <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you know no, I, i'm sorry go ahead well, well no it's I don't know. I, I watched I watched the the Freakonomics movie the other day, and so one of the segments in there was it felt like a good twenty minutes, but it felt like more like two hours because it went on for forever. There was a segment on cheating in sumo wrestling. Cheating in sumo wrestling. Cheating in sumo wrestling. <laughs> so it's like if you can't trust sumo wrestling and Counter Strike Go, how are we supposed to trust like professional football? <laughs> yeah. But no, it's I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, yeah, like 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 you like you said, like I mean, with professional sports, there's a lot of randomness and a lot of variation. Like you can watch somebody throw a ball, and they may not throw the ball exactly on target every time, and you don't know like when they miss. Did they mean to miss, or does like you know was it just like that? that that's whatever random variation within their control is that they, they, you know, legitimately try to hit the target miss. You have no idea about that. And, and even then, you know, you look at a game, like you talk about like the, 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 the Cowboys and the Colts, like within like a football game, there's a lot of randomness that happens. A ball bounces. That direction is random. 
And, you know, often they say it's only like two or three plays that decide the outcome of a game. So it's hard for the observer to look and see, like, when is somebody not giving their full effort? When is somebody trying to throw a professional sporting game? Because there's all these variances that can occur. But with sports, or not, with, with esports, rather, it is a lot more skill-based. And, and like you said, like, you know, people know, like, what you should be doing at certain points. Like, like if I, like I would almost think, like, if they tried shooting, like, if they, if they tried to throw this, and I don't know if they had to throw it 16 to 4 because there was, like, a 12-point spread that they had to clear. Because that, that to me, seems like the mistake. Like, if you're going to throw it to a team that's clearly worse than you, you throw, you don't throw it 16 to 4. You throw it, uh, what, what would that be? Like, like 11 to 9. Like, yeah. You know, keep it close so it looks like you just had an off day. Well, it's out of thirty rounds, so or, or, or out of thirty rounds. Oh, so would it have been? So they could have thrown it like sixteen to fourteen then. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. Okay, that would have. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, keep it even and just be like, for some reason, my shots weren't landing. Like you know, shoot the guys, hit them in the shoulder, or just miss. if you're that good that you can get headshots, you should be that good that you can shoot just past them. But the fact that they were running around like trying, you know, like that, like they were. They were like dicking around, like trying to stab him with knives and stuff. Like that is—that is clearly not a proven strategy. Like, yes, if you are doing that, you are going to get killed. And it's one thing too, like, okay, you want to get showy in the early games and be like, okay, we're gonna over, you know, overestimate these people. Do that in the early games, but then stop that. Like, once it's clear that you're going to lose, and I'm using air quotes here, like, get serious and make it look, you know, like if you're gonna cheat, do it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just say don't be obvious about it, which is what they did. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the big well, people love competition. You know what I'm saying? But they don't like fake competition. Yes. <laughs> you know that's the thing. With you the know, exception of professional wrestling. Yeah, with the exception of professional wrestling, you're absolutely right about that. But uh, you know, people don't want. It's not exciting. Like the, the the excitement's totally gone if you find out that a, a match has been fixed or something like that. You know, that that and that's 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 a that's a big problem. It's like we don't want to just see you line your own pockets yeah. and take a loss. <laughs> well, well, it's not even the excitement here. I mean, in this case, this was blatant like, fever. I mean, you're you're gambling on a fixed game. Yeah, I mean, that that's flat out illegal. That's true. Yeah. So I mean, it's not. I mean, it's one thing if you're like, okay, let's fix a game, and so it looks really good, and it's like it's going to be close. It's going to be sixteen to fifteen. It's going to come down to the last shot. Fans are going to go crazy for it. I mean, that and that's fundamentally what professional wrestling is supposed to be. We're gonna we're gonna fake this match so we can script it and make it exciting. This here is the exact opposite of that. We're gonna script this match so it can I can get a lot of money by making it a blowout. And that's that's just it's just all around bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it was the presentation that made it the worst thing. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, just another thing, another mar on CS:GO. I mean, I I'll be honest with you, like the, in terms of esports, we hear the worst things coming out of the CS community these days. Back in my day, it wasn't like this. That's because everyone moved on to Hearthstone. Oh, okay, yeah. The, the real competitors game, right? Exactly. <laughs> one man, one deck. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, moving on to our next topic, Microsoft had a uh, conference this week, and uh, they, they they talked about a whole bunch of stuff. But in terms of gaming, uh, 
Well, first of all, I, I thought it was funny that Microsoft is reassuring people that they are dedicated to PC gaming. Uh, let's say it says PC gaming is very important to Windows 10 and the company's success. And to that, I say like, well, where PC get where PC gamers gonna go? Linux, Mac? <laughs> no, but, no, but that that's good though. You're you're entirely right that they have a captive audience in that regard for PC gaming. And especially as you, as we like to point out, the PC gaming is where all of the high performance gaming is going to be, at least for this generation of consoles. Yeah. So, to that degree, like they have a captive audience. They could very easily be like PC gaming, whatever. Where are you going to go, Linux? And like, just laugh and be like, yeah, like you're stuck with us. Yeah. And instead, at least they're like, you know, they're giving it service and they're actually trying to to, to do some stuff. But but the thing is, like. Unless they specifically are doing something to hinder it, they can't hurt it. Like, you know, the, uh, everything that they could do to help PC gaming will help co- computing, period. You know, if you make it so that um, uh, the the CPUs are used more effectively, great. That helps the computer all over. If you make it so that RAM usage is more sparing, great. Helpful all over. You know, but I don't know if they can do something specifically to help PC gaming, with the exception of DirectX 12, which we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, like, and in, in this Polygon article, it says gamers, especially long-time PC gamers, know what it's like to have Microsoft promise big on PC gaming and simply never deliver or stop trying. What do they do? Like, I know the, the one article talked about Windows, you know, how, uh, I guess, um, promises were broken with Windows Vista. But that wasn't a PC gaming problem. That was a Windows Vista problem, problem, period. Like, gaming on Vista wasn't that spectacular because of the RAM usage. Nothing on Vista was that spectacular. Yeah, but a lot of it had to do with the fact that this, that Vista was a resource hog. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then to, to stop trying, I guess, the games for Windows Live thing, everybody who wanted that to work, raise your hands. Nobody's going to raise their hands. <laughs> Nobody cared about games for Windows Live. It was just a hindrance. I mean, it was... To to be fair, you'll never know how many people raised their hands listening to this. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But, uh, you know, games with Windows Live, like, nobody enjoyed them. I mean, I guess it was cool because you could connect it to your Xbox Live account and get more, uh, you know, uh, gamer, you know, points, achievement points and shit. But that was it, you know? That kind of seems what they're still trying to do. I mean, they're not calling it Games for Windows Live anymore, but that's basically, I mean, what, the, the Xbox app, it's it's the same thing as far as trying to tie your all your achievements from your PC onto your, you know, under the same account that your your Xbox uses. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great feature, but it's not, it's not a huge boon to PC gaming. As long as they don't do anything to hinder Steam or even hinder Origin, that'd be fine. Well... I don't think they'd touch Origin, if only because they've already got... I mean, well, I mean for starters, they they're, they allowed EA access on the Xbox. Right. So they clearly have a, a you know a mutual be- relationship with, uh, with EA. But, yeah, if they... I mean, that's the thing, is, is if, if Microsoft wanted to, and I think this was a lot of the concerns with, with coming out around Vista and Windows 7, as far as... Or no, or Windows 8, with the, the, the store, rather. Yeah, um, was uh, that you know Microsoft could just say everything has to go through our app store, and at that point 
Steam is done. Uh, you know, Origin would be done unless Microsoft, you know, allows it. Like they, you know, because they have this effect of monopoly on PC gaming, they could. They've been relatively benign in that regard. They could very easily decide to shut it all down and, and bring it all in and leave everybody stranded. Um, they could do that, but do you know why they're not going to do that? Because they know they're not, they're not Apple. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, but they want to be, though. No, they the don't. App, they don't want to be Apple because Microsoft still has 90% of the global computing market. Like they, they, 90% versus Apple's like 9.8%. Right, but don't. But Apple gets what is it thirty thirty percent of every sale on the App Store, and admittedly, it's mostly what like dollar dollar ninety nine apps. Yeah. But if if imagine if if Microsoft could get you know thirty percent of your twenty dollar you know all the money you spent on your Steam sale. Imagine if Microsoft got thirty percent of that. Oh yeah, they could definitely be making more money, but how much would they be losing out when people? actually do start switching to linux like game developers don't necessarily want to be trapped into that ecosystem so when they start making stuff for linux right now they're now they're assed out valve themselves doesn't want to be trapped into that system and, and where is the state of steam for linux like it's out and i think it's only what like 20 percent of pc games are available on there right now well, yeah but, but that's because microsoft is not making any they're not doing anything drastic they're not pushing like developers away from Windows, they're actually inviting developers into Windows by making this. They have a the, the they have a cross-platform code base that's going to work across all of their platforms: phone, tablet, and PC, and Xbox. Yes, you know they want developers. They're not going to make policies and do shit to push developers away, especially like game developers and high-end application developers. One thing the Apple App Store doesn't have to worry about is high-end applications. There are no high-end applications. I mean, I guess maybe you can get Pro Tools or like that, but if you're going to buy Pro Tools, are you really buying that from the iTunes store? No. No, you're not. You're buying it from Pro Tools. I think you can get that on the iTunes store. Uh, not for, obviously not for iPad or iPhone, but, um, you know, for Mac, period. But that's the thing. Like, they, they, they want, you know, they know what the PC is. They know what Windows is, and Windows is about productivity, and Microsoft does that very, very well. Yes. You know, and they, like they, they know that they need developers. They've thrived off of third parties for forever. Apple hasn't. Apple has like thrived. They're, they're, they're almost like the Nintendo in this situation where they've, they're, they're thriving off of their first party stuff. You know, people buy Macs for the first party Mac stuff. People buy Windows because you can get, you, you can get anything on it. Yeah. You know? And you and you don't have to worry about maintaining it yourself like you would with Linux. Yes, exactly. That that is very true. It's 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 the perfect mix. It's easy to install things. It's easy to do things. You know, but but you know you still have the freedom to do what you want. Yes. If Microsoft actually started pushing stuff through the App Store and saying, "Well, now we get a cut of everything that gets sold," you know how many people get, that that push away. But no. I guess the, the the question though is where does it push them to? Because it, it's like I mean yes, there's there's a million variants of Linux, but Linux is not for everybody. And like unfortunately, there's no like 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 you were saying like every OS has its niche, and there's nothing else in Microsoft's niche. There's nothing else that meets that you know easy to maintain yet widely accessible. No, like, when was the last time you used Ubuntu? I haven't touched that in a while, yeah. Ubuntu is very easy to maintain now. 
Like it, it is it is very very user friendly. It's actually so user friendly I stopped using it. <laughs> <laughs> when I use Linux, I want something a bit like you know a bit more uh, hands on. So using Ubuntu was kind of just kind of like, eh, like it's too easy. You know, you want to feel like you're using Linux. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> like, but that's the thing. Like, uh, Ubuntu is very. I can. You can put somebody on Ubuntu. You know, you can put somebody on Ubuntu. They'll be okay. Unless they're looking for something very specific, like they want to use like you know the Adobe Creative Suite, for Ubuntu. They may not be able to do that. To my knowledge, there is no Linux version of the Creative Suite. But um, use Wine and Pray. Yeah, use wine and pray. <laughs> uh, I think that's the title for the podcast. <laughs> use wine and pray. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, as it stands right now, I don't think a lot of people would move over to Linux. But if it, it doesn't happen all at one time on all in one fell fell swoop, if Microsoft starts saying, "Well, you need to pay," you know, we're taking a chunk of each sale, you'd have developers that start going to Linux. Then you'd have gamers that start dual booting Linux. Then you have gamers that start booting Linux only. You know, those gamers who like you know, if a if a if a house only has one PC, son or daughter is a gamer. It's a high. It's probably a high end PC with Linux. Now the parents are using it. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. Like the office, the office place uh, space is completely Microsoft's. I don't think that's going unless Microsoft just messes up horribly the business workspace is always going to be microsoft at this point until yeah. somebody comes up with better productivity suites than microsoft i and better server suites like you know like the like the windows server is a beautiful thing you know uh for for a sysadmin yes until somebody comes up with something better than that and is able to penetrate that market space that's staying there but what i'm talking about for the home user i think microsoft could lose that ground for sure and they don't want to do that. But the thing is, like, all Microsoft has to do is just make sure the system stays open. You know, it's open, you know, to a degree. I mean, the system stays open, and people can install what they want, and they don't put, like, a Microsoft tax on all of their stuff. That's all they got to do. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep making it more secure. Keep making it faster. Make it easier for me to take applications from one place to another. Yes. And yes. one thing... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that seems to be what their focus is on as far as trying to... I mean, they're still going for that holy trinity of the unified PC, Xbox, phone, OS, where it's the same experience on all those devices. Right, well, that's and that, that goes for the... That's why we have the Metro menu. Yes. The way it is, that's, that's why we have Metro, which is... Uh, it was funny, because, you know, when it first came out, it was absolutely... It was, it was really, really bad. Like you could tell, they wanted it for tablets. They, 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 they thought the PC was dying. They, they, they bought into the nonsense that, that the <laughs> PC was dying. They bought into it, and they were going for all tablets. But then you know, they made a few simple changes to the interface with 8.1. A few simple changes, and it made a world of difference. Completely usable now. I love it. Yeah, I love it. But uh, you know, speaking of you know, <laughs> I guess having applica- you know, the uh, that, that unity across all platforms, the Xbox One will be able to stream games to any Windows 10 device. Yes. So whether it's a PC, a tablet, or a phone, you can stream a game to those devices. That being said, if you stream an Xbox One game to your tablet or your phone, 
I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> like that, that's really stupid. What they really meant to say is that you can stream Xbox One games to your PC because that is a uh, basically you know the 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 only platform. I guess unless you get a controller for your fucking you know tablet. I want to say that, that what they sh- didn't they show uh, Spencer playing Forza on his tablet. Nah, nah, he really wasn't playing that shit. He, nah, that <laughs> that had to just be a video. But he had like an overlay on the tablet as far as being able to control it from there. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get the same performance that you would with a, a tablet overlay that you would using a controller. Um, but even then, like that said, like the Wii U, like I mean that. That's still, I mean, it has real buttons, so it's not an overlay. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, it's still not the same form factor as a controller. Like it's, you know, there's a, a difference there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's streaming to the PC as long as you can plug a controller, and that should work perfectly fine. Yeah. Now, for me, I'll be honest with you, this feature is completely useless to me unless I can use mouse and keyboard. If I cannot use mouse and keyboard when streaming these games, it's useless to me. I just play it on my console. But wouldn't that they can't do that though because because like isn't that the whole big argument between like why you can never have like PC shooters and console shooters play together because the mouse and keyboard give you so much more control so if you could play your Halo 5 on your PC on the same servers that everybody's playing on their uh playing their consoles on except you're using your mouse and keyboard like aren't you just going to own yes <laughs> exactly i don't give a fuck about them they should be running on their PC too <laughs> now see well i mean and you mentioned like it doesn't matter for you but you only have like you have your pc and your 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 tv in the same room right yeah i do so i mean it's not like you'd get a lot from streaming from the tv to the pc yeah except unless they give me a mouse and keyboard support <laughs> <laughs> no because i can see how you know, for, for situations where multiple people want to use the TV at once. Uh, and this is mostly sort of this, the, the samples established by the Wii U. Um, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you, you know, the wife wants to watch TV, but you, you, know, you want to play your Xbox and you can't do that. So now she can get the TV and you can, you know, go stream into your PC and, and play it there. Um, any, any time, I mean, because fundamentally, I mean, you know, before the Wii U, whatever you had, you know, if you wanted to move your console to another room, you had to move the console itself. And now, as long as you have another screen available somewhere, you can, you know, you can stream to that as, you know, in this case, as long as you, you know, if, if as long as you have your PC somewhere and your TV separate, you can stream that way. It gives you more options as far as how to how to do that. Because otherwise, you'd have to be like, well, I want to play the Xbox. Can you go in the other room and watch TV? And then it's like, oh, I got to sit on the uncomfortable couch. And it's like, you know, it's stuff you don't need to deal with. So this 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 makes life easier for people. I, I endorse it. Oh, okay. Well, what Microsoft really should have is a handheld console or some type of handheld device that can actually play games. Then I think it'll be useful. Because like, like I said earlier, I was playing uh, Destiny on my Vita. Streaming it that way, with no like you know impairment, well, very little impairment, I should say, because you know obviously the Vita doesn't have all of the same buttons that the PS uh, the the Dual Shock Four does. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Mark, if for game playing, it'd be better off if Microsoft had some type of handheld console to e- to, to stream off for this. Because other than that, I mean. Well, I guess you're right for people who just want to play the game. 
But what if you're like me and you want to watch TV and play a game? Can't do it, can you? Yeah, well, actually, yeah, you could because your TV is in the same room as the PC, so you could stream to your PC and then watch TV. No, no, I'm talking about sitting in the same direction, playing a game, oh. and watching TV. Okay, well, okay, clearly, cl- <laughs> your lifestyle is so against everything that Microsoft is trying to promote. <laughs> Because it's like, you're like, here's the connect, And you're like, it doesn't work in my apartment. <laughs> and now they're like streaming. And you're just like, no. So, <laughs> Hey, man, I already, I guess maybe because I already set it up the way I need it, man. How are, how are you going to be able to do like the, the Project HoloLens in the IntelliRoom? Like, it's not, it's not going to work for you, is it? Oh, yeah. There's no, definitely no IntelliRoom going on in here. <laughs> Definitely not. Maybe if I actually, because right now my stuff is in my den. That's that's where my like my, I, I made sure specifically to put all of my gaming stuff and my PC in the same area. So like, if I moved like my you know my consoles out to my big TV in my living room, then it might help. But why would I do that? I play on my actually I play video games on my smaller TV for a reason because. I'm able to see, like, especially when it comes to, like, um, multiplayer. I only have a, th- I only play on a 32-inch LCD so that I can actually see everything on the screen at one time. It is immensely helpful. Pro tip for everybody out there. If you actually want to be good at multiplayer. <laughs> I keep going bigger is bigger and bigger, and I'm fine with sucking. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trade-off, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, for somebody, this is probably going to work that great for me. No, I, I, I need to have mouse and keyboard support. Uh, so the, uh, the last thing, not the last thing, but the other thing that I thought was important from the Microsoft conference, uh, was them talking about DirectX 12. Uh, and now first they said the DirectX 12 will not require a new graphics card. However, if you want to use all of its features, it will require a new graphics card. So when I first when I heard the first part, I was upset that it would not require a new graphics card because what that told me was that it's not going to be that big of an improvement if it doesn't require new graphics cards. And the thing about being a part of the PC master race, you need like you need part of the responsibility of being part of the PC master race is that you know you have to keep up with the newest technology. If you're not running your games on the highest frame rates, you know, at the at the highest settings, then you're 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 not really part of the PC master race. <laughs> you're, you're you're just a PC wannabe at that point, and that's okay. I'm not saying you can't be there, but I'm just saying you need to have goals and plans to reach those goals before yeah, I, there's I, an audit. I just want to mention I don't think we talked about this, but the uh, the evolved DLC. Did you see one of the packs was called the PC Monster Race? No. What's in I it? that was funny. I don't remember what was in it. it, characters and stuff, but I thought that was funny that they named it that. Oh, no, yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, but the, you know, a little later on in the article, they're saying that, you know, if you want to access all of the features of DirectX 12, uh, then yes, you will need new hardware. And that's great, because that means it is going to be a big difference. It's going to push technology forward, and that's what we need. Like, I think it's it's more important than ever this time because the consoles of this generation did not 
push technology forward. They didn't. They basically took technology that was popular or that or that they thought that people were were were, were going to be popular and put those into the consoles. Like graphically and processor-wise, the Xbox One and the PS4 are not that spectacular. You know, I mean, they're doing cool stuff like streaming. Like, you know, I can stream... Actually, because on the PS3, you can also do remote play. But, oh my god, it's so much better on the Vita. With the PS4, that is. Streaming so much better. So, I mean, that's an improvement. And, the, you know, the, the social aspect of both the PS4 and the Xbox One is an improvement. But in terms of technology, like, being pushed forward, I'm talking about raw graphical power. Uh, yeah, we need we need to push that forward. Also, you know... CPU power because we need the games to be smarter. At least I think so. Aren't yeah. you getting tired of running up against dumb AI? You know? I only play the Crucible, so yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. I, uh, I want smarter AI. AI that can adapt and, you know, give new challenges and new game experiences when we play. And you can't do that with shitty, you know, processing power. So I'm very happy that, yes, it will require new graphics cards if you want to use DX12, and I'll be ready to shell out that money. By the time DX12 comes out, I'll be ready to build a new PC anyway. So I'll actually spec out a new PC, and uh, if I do a build, keep my current graphic, not my current graphics, I'll keep my current uh, um, power supply, and maybe I'm pr- in probably this case. Probably gonna run me about two grand. I think I think I'm ready, Nick. <laughs> As well, you should be. But uh, no, the one question that I have, though, when they say that the that users would need to get a, a new graphics card for the full benefits of DirectX 12, is it that when developers are making the games, that if they'll use all the features of DirectX 12, and then when it plays on your system, if you still have an old graphics card, DirectX 12 just won't render it the way that it would in all of its glory on the new graphics card. It'll still play, but it'll, it'll look worse because it's a, a lower-performance graphics card. Or will it say, or will it actually say, like, no, for this game, because it uses these features, you need to upgrade your card. So while DirectX 12 will technically work on the older cards, developers would be able to sort of restrict that access and say, no, 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 you're going to need to upgrade your card in order to play this game. Uh well certain certain um games will just disable the features if your card doesn't support it. Okay. Uh so other games will let you turn it on, but it won't work if your card doesn't support it. Some games or some features may be able to offload to the regular CPU. And you could try it that way. But then you're looking at a performance decrease on the CPU side. Like yeah. the thing about GPUs, like they're specifically made to handle, you know, uh, the graphical rendering and equations and stuff like that, so they can do it much faster than a regular CPU. Yeah. So you know that's why you know you can inst- if you have a laptop that doesn't have a GPU but it just has a regular CPU, you can still install games on that laptop. You can play games on a laptop, but the performance is really shitty. Because the CPU can't is not built to handle that rendering. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you, if you have an old graphics card, you may not be able to enable 
DX12. Or, or if, if you don't have the features that it requires. I think so. So it sounds like it'll be on a case-by-case basis then. Yeah, it will be on a case-by-case basis. Okay. So odds are, though, like you're going to want to upgrade at some point because the games are going to be moving in that direction. Pretty much, yeah. If you're PC Master Race, you know. <laughs> I'm not asking for the P- the PC Master Race already knows this. They're already they've already got their specs lined up for their next system. I'm asking for the guy who's just like, I just want to make sure that uh, whatever I buy off Steam is going to work. Yeah, yeah. Buy some new cards, dude. <laughs> <laughs> buy some new cards. Uh, let's see. That's this going to be our last topic. Let's see what's coming out soon hmm. uh, last, I think last we checked we were still in that drought you know yeah so is there is there anywhere I was asked this question is there anywhere that there's like a list of like upcoming betas or anything I don't know because I think we just kind of get it from the general news yeah I don't uh, upcoming betas like I don't think so Dude, I'm not saying anything on this list that's worth talking about. Most of these games already came out, like the ones that were decent. Uh, oh, Life is Strange comes out this week. I, th- I thought that game was way off. Yeah. It comes out already? It comes out January 30th, 2015. I don't even know huh. what the game is about. That's Yeah, that's pretty fast. And that's all on all the, yeah, that's on all the systems. No, it's not on Nintendo. Yeah, you're right, yeah. So I'm curious. Okay, well, maybe I'll be checking that out, see what that's like. Yeah, I thought, maybe, well, maybe that's why I was in the news, because it was coming out soon. So, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't appear to be anything else really worth talking about here. Criminal, gir- Criminal Girls invite only for the Vita on February 3rd. Must be an RPG. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> hmm. I'll, I'll say yes. <laughs> okay. Well, still time to work on that backlog, folks. <laughs> yes. All right. So, um, yeah, that's going to be the end of the show. Thank you for listening. As always, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. iTunes. Uh, we are on Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices. Oh, this is okay. I just came across this. Is this okay? There's a game called The Escapists coming out. That's not. Based off the uh, no the news no. site is it no is that, would, that it's would be about sad. it's like it's like an RPG where you have to escape from prison oh okay but you have to like formulate a plan and it's it's a time management thing because you have to like oh, dig, okay, dig okay. out like you know your escape path and like lift weights and stuff like that. that's pretty cool okay I thought it was okay I thought it had to do with the the, no. uh, the escapist but, site but thanks for uh, you know interrupting my outro Nick you know. <laughs> That seems very important. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, we're on Twitter.com slash MTB site. We're on Facebook.com slash Match Those Buttons and YouTube.com slash Match Those Buttons. Uh, and like I said, as always, thank you for listening. Um, MASHCast, yeah, we got, uh, this MASHCast is going to be out on Monday. Uh, but next week, we're going to have a MASHCast and a new Double Tap. And actually, maybe a new WoW Thoughts, Nick. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, there should be a, a WoW Talk coming next week, too. Damn. Big week next week. Big week, yeah. Big week coming. So, And then we do have that Destiny. We're going to start doing a monthly Destiny podcast. 
uh, me Sage and uh, go to NRG, and that's going to be out the second week of February. So be on the lookout for that if you play Destiny. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys next time. Have a great week, everybody.